All righty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Um, you know, Wiz and I, uh, we decided that we we're going to start these divisions uh, one by one and uh, do these team capsules. Uh, had a lot of fun doing the AFC yesterday, and um, we're getting ready to roll with the AFC North, which is uh, a very interesting division this year. Um, I think uh, maybe a little bit more competitive throughout the division, but, you know, definitely some shifts in kind of the the power ranks within the division, Wiz. Uh, Wiz, how you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing well, and it's a, it's a very interesting division. It's kind of in some ways like the AFC East, where, you know, a parallel Patriots and Steelers, two teams that have just had years of success, and uh, kind of where you see maybe Buffalo and Miami, uh, you know, maybe taking the torch and, and, and moving forward going to be the teams that surpass the Patriots in the AFC East. And I think there are some talented teams in the AFC North as well that are trying to uh, kind of take the mantle from the Steelers and uh, be the perennial powerhouse in the AFC North. Yeah, and, 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 and I'm excited about this division. I'm excited to talk about the teams. Uh, I mean, we're going to start off today with the Ravens. And, and they, you know, between them and the Pittsburgh Steelers, those are the two who have been slugging it out at the top of this division uh, for the last few years. I think you correctly alluded to Lamar Jackson. You, you thought there would be a decline in his in his rushing performances last year, which ended up being the case. Um, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, Lamar, Lamar Jackson was actually – Definitely not a top 10 quarterback as far as fantasy goes. Uh, he came on in the second half of the season, a, a much stronger second half, uh, a little bit more consistent in, in, the, in the past game and probably more effective as a runner. Uh, I think one of the things to keep in mind, you know, there's a, there's a guy that likes to take off and run a lot. So backup quarterback change here, Trace McSorley, Penn State guy. He looks like he's going to be the backup quarterback for the Ravens. You know, just something to keep in mind uh, as you're preparing for the year. But, you know, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, you know, a player that probably burned a few who kind of put him at the top of their list for uh, fancy quarterbacks uh, for, for 2020. How do you kind of see that shaking out for uh, in, in terms of people's views going into this season, Wiz? Yeah, I think um... – I think in 2019, uh, people didn't realize, you know, what was going to happen there. We, you know, when he kind of like took over for Flacco, uh, and and people weren't really impressed with him. But you know, they they didn't install the offense for Lamar Jackson. They would just have Lamar Jackson in there the year before, talking about finishing up 2018 um, with the kind of the offense that they were running for Flacco. And I felt like 2019, he was. Um, completely uh, undervalued and I was able to take advantage of that in some leagues. And then I thought going into last year and being ranked as the number one overall quarterback was taking it too far. Um, and I know that you didn't feel he should have been, you know, the number one, you know, consensus quarterback going into the season. But I think it's about right where he's looked at right now. Of course, he's a quarterback that has to be a quarterback that's drafted in the top 12 at the position in all formats. And, you know, he's right there in that middle. Um, you know, I, 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 under no circumstances, would put him above Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. After that, I think an argument can be made. Uh, the fact that Aaron Rodgers' situation seems uh, a little bit dubious. Um, 
maybe move him up the charts a little bit uh, as far as the quarterback's concerned. But I have him, obviously, as uh, a quarterback that should be drafted in all formats, somewhere in that middle group of, you know, four to seven at the position. Yeah, and look, this is a this is a really effective runner. There, there are a lot of changes on this offensive line. So uh, Alejandro Villanueva, formerly the Pittsburgh Steelers, is here. They signed Kevin Zeitler. Um, you know, they last year last year they had some injuries. Ronnie Staley was out for a lot of the year last year. He'll, he'll be back this year. So you know, some changes in that offensive line. Look, this is an offense that wants to run first. Uh, they ranked first in rushing attempts. I think they ranked last in passing attempts. So it's no. It's no secret in terms of what they're trying to do. I mean, there's been some comments by Greg Roman about trying to extend the field a little bit, and we'll talk about that receiving core. But at the end of the day, this is a running attack team. It starts with Lamar Jackson, and then it evolves into their running backs. And, and, and you know, no more Mark Ingram. Uh, this is a is kind of a duo with uh, Justice Hill maybe being a change of pace uh, back in the background. But, but it's J.K. Dobbins, the second-year running back uh, out of Ohio State, uh, who really was impressive last year when he got the opportunity, particularly in the second half of the year. Whiz last year six yards per carry. You know, people talked about his size, and I think at times I think not utilized enough in the passing game. You know, uh, Edwards, Gus Edwards, a bit of a pounder out of Rutgers, and you know they paid money to keep Gus Edwards here. Gus Edwards very effective. You know, he's basically you know he's going to run for somewhere in the seven hundred to nine hundred yard range, and 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 if opportunity knocks in terms of injuries, it'll be more than that. But this is a very effective running back group, and, and you and I really loved Justice Hill a couple of years ago. And when he did get an opportunity to play in a few games last year, he actually made some noise you know, when, when he got a chance. So, uh, But those chances will be fleeting, and they'll be outside only there if the injuries uh, come to any of the top two guys. But these top two guys are impressive. I think J.K. Dobbins could actually rank easily in the top seven rushing yards this year, and that six yards per carry number is, is something that really hits me right in the mouth. I mean, I, I just because of his lack of usage in the in the passing game, I I have him as a running back too. But when you look at the duo, I mean, I really like J.K. Dobbins. Uh, when we had uh, the Ridge the Card Collector, I gave J.K. Dobbins as one of the two running backs, along with Jonathan Taylor, that I, I thought were uh, the, running, the rookie running backs to really watch. But when you look at the usage of Dobbins and Edwards, it's not like. Uh, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, where one guy, you know, you could spend a, a lot of equity on drafting and then get the other guy for relatively cheap, and there's a tremendous uh, differential in usage. I look at the usage more like along the lines of like a Nick Chubb of, and Kareem Hunt, where even the second guy in this case, it being Gus Edwards, has standalone value. So there's no way that in an auction draft, if you spend up to get J.K. Dobbins, that you're going to be handed Gus Edwards on a silver platter. And either and in a snake draft, people are going to be taking Gus Edwards because he has standalone value. So they both can be drafted. I have J.K. Dobbins uh, as running back, too. I think, you know, right between 10 and 15 is, is probably right where I have him. Uh, and and as far as Edwards, he has standalone value as a potential flex play. But the usage of both players uh, will be in full effect during the season because, as you said, they want to run the ball. And that's uh, they could talk all about about passing game and this and that. But the core of it is is the running game, and that's how they make the odds. And uh, that's why I think both running backs should be drafted. 
Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with you. A, a good assessment there. So, so let's talk about this receiving group. This wasn't one of the groups that we kind of lumped into it. I think a big part of the reason why we didn't it is it's not a prolific um, uh, passing game. But you know, that being said, you know, interesting guys here. Um, you know, you and I thought Devin Duvernay at times uh, kind of misused. They had Miles Boykin from a couple of years ago. They also j- drafted James Prochet last year. None of those guys seem to really do much. And, and some of the usage of those players was was questionable. Willie Sneed has kind of moved on. You know, Rashad Bateman, they drafted him this year. You know, he led, I think he led the country last year in, in yards per route. So he's got that downfield ability. We know Marquise Brown does, but Marquise Brown had a squawk to get some more action last year. He, he did in the second half of the year, uh, a little bit more production from his rookie than from his rookie year. He had 58 catches, 770 yards and eight touchdowns. And they add a player who I don't like, who seems to always be hurt. And, and that's Sammy Watkins. So it, it's probably a little bit murky. I, you know, my personal view is Sammy Watkins is not going to be a factor. I think you'll see some alternate, so alternate usage of, of both Marquise Brown and, and Rashad Bateman in this group. And, and the rest of those guys I kind of mentioned are kind of afterthoughts in this passing attack. Would you agree with that assessment? And again, we're talking about a passing attack that's most likely going to rank in the, t- in the bottom five of passing attempts of all NFL teams. Yeah, it's hard to really, uh, you know, um, recommend any of these guys for the fantasy football season. I have Marquise Brown slightly leading the way at the wide receiver position, but in my view, nothing more than a flex. I mean, I don't even have any of these guys, including Marquise Brown, uh, comfortable as a wide receiver three because of a few reasons. They want to run the ball, and when he throws the ball, the you know the, the the one player and the one type of you know passing routes that he has the most effectiveness throwing the ball is to Mark Andrews. He's clearly the 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 one pass catcher that Lamar Jackson has you know the biggest comfort level throwing the ball to. So combined the fact that they want to run it when they do throw it, his first choice and look is always to Mark Andrews. And then the other guys, you know, that you mentioned, Watkins and Brown and Duvernay and, and Bateman's a nice player. But, you know, it just all makes for uh, a combination of, in my view, none of those guys being starting fantasy receivers at best flex play for all, you know, for, for any of those guys. And that's and that's at best. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And I'm going to, you know, I know Greg, like I said, Greg Roman's talked about extending the passing book a little bit more. I'm going to need to see it. You know, these will be cheaper options in, in auction leagues and there'll be later round picks uh, when it comes to snake drafts. And you talk about Mark Andrews, who... I guess is is kind of on the cusp of the top five in tight end still. I, I felt last year a little bit of butterfingers at times, uh, a, a little bit of a decline in production, um, 850 yards in 2019, last year just 700, uh, six less catches and three less touchdowns. So, you know, maybe impacted a little bit by uh, a slightly more ineffective Lamar Jackson. But I actually thought last year at times, you know, Mark Andrews had some easy catches that he just wasn't able to bring in. So, uh, you know, again, I think he'll be close to a top five tight end in terms of production, but, you know, something to watch that there was a decent decline and you've added some other names here. So, uh, you know, you could see, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Andrews slip a little bit more than he did last year. Yeah, I mean, I, I have him um, I, I have him in that group, you know, r- right after 
the top three guys of Kittle, Waller, and, and of course, Travis Kelsey. I have in that, in that group of four to six or seven, um, you know, and, and I, I agree there was, he, there was, you know, some games where he didn't look like he was old self. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm going to put a big X through that line, and I, I'm not going to worry about that. If I if you like Mark Andrews, I wouldn't let that bother you. If you're not a Mark Andrews fan, um, you're not going to be you know high on the player. But he's a guy who has diabetes, you know, type one, and there are a lot of healthy players who opted out of that season, and he played through the season. And I'm not ju- I'm just not sure what the mental aspect of it, of it, of him last year going through the season. You just don't know. But I'm going to put an X through it. I like the. Play- Player. I like the comfort level and the connection that he has with Lamar Jackson. I'm going to put him, you know, square in that mix and in, in that group, um, you know, of, of after the top three in that next tier, so to speak, at the position. All right. And uh, let, let's get to Justin Tucker, um, who I guess we can argue that he's probably one of the best, if not the best kicker in the history of the game in terms of accuracy. Um, he's been the best on extra points since they were like in terms of making extra points since we extended him uh, since 2015. Basically a top 10 kicker in all nine of his seasons. I think he scored over 128 points in every single year. But the workload has changed a little bit since we've gone to Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, there's been a decline in attempts. Um, you know, last year, I think Tucker only attempted... I want to say 29 field goals. Um, He actually missed a few extra points last year. Um, So, you know, I think whereas in the past, like I would think four or five years ago, slam dunk number one kicker. uh, And you and I have talked about this as well. Lamar Jackson... Uh, they they tend to go for it a little bit more on those sh- short short uh, yardage plays on fourth down. So it definitely affects him. Where J- I I think Justin Tucker kind of you can argue falls a little bit outside the top ten top sorry top five because of those factors. He probably doesn't get drafted that way um, because of his reputation and what he's done in the past. But it's a little tricky with Lamar Jackson at the helm. Justin Tucker is one of my favorite players in the National Football League. He is hilarious. Uh, opera you ever, singer? You know, He's an opera singer. Talk, sings opera. He goes on Twitter and says, if any of you kids, you know, want to learn or want to be a field goal kicker, I'll be in the park. And, and kids show up and he kicks field goals. He kicks 50 on field goals from left hand, you know, from using his left foot. I mean, he, he's just one of these guys that is just, you know, you, you, you just root for. And, and as far as ability, he is absolutely tremendous. But I've noticed uh, in the last few years, and I've noticed this, and I, we, you know, if you go back to last year's podcast, I talked about this, and I'm just going to, you know, repeat the same uh, thing that I said is that, you know, uh, when it gets to fourth and one, fourth to two, you know, when most field teams, they bring out their field goal kicker if they, if they have a talented kicker like Tucker, you know, it just seems like Mar Jackson is able to talk hard into going for it and gamble and you know whether that's right or wrong uh that's that's a coach's decision but what it leads to is you know a paltry five attempts from 50 he made three or five uh he made all of his 40 to 49 yard attempts he was nine for nine on that but 
he's there was a time when you could just count on him and right now i mean you can still count on him but there was a time when you could just know that he was going to attempt close to 10 50 plus field goals a game and if you're in a league like our league that rewards long field goals uh he was clearly uh an elite kicker in fantasy but now i think he's kind of like with a few guys, and, and I think kind of the pack has either caught up to him or because of the situation with Harbaugh, he's moved back to the pack. So is he still the top three, five kicker? Certainly, but I think he's in a group with uh, with several other kickers. All right, and let's look at the defense here, which has been, uh, I think, a top five, six defense uh uh, really, uh, almost every year that Wink Martindale has been the defensive coordinator here, they've lost a couple of key players. Uh, you know, they have some young young talent. Marcus Peters in that secondary. Uh, Patrick Queen, who they drafted last year in the linebacker spot. But there's some agent on that front line with Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell. Uh, I know they brought in Odafi uh, Owe. Uh, they drafted him. Uh, but they've definitely lost a couple of key players. Uh, you know, le- the Earl Thomas thing didn't work out. You know, is this defense, is this, you know, the perennial defense that it normally is? Do you think this is still a top 10, 12 defense, Wiz? I I do. Um, But to your point, I mean, you know, losing Judon, that's one. I've always felt Marcus Peters is a little overrated. He's the type of guy that will make big plays and have some big games, but he gambles and he gets burnt a lot. Uh, Marlon Humphrey is, is an elite player he's he's clearly a guy that could shut down an elite receiver on the other team but after that i think they're good but i see a lot of people rank them as even uh, the number one overall defense or top three i'm kind of in the in the mindset where they're in that top 12 but they're closer to the middle of that top 12 than a top three defense Yep, and, and and I and I kind of agree with that. So okay, well that's a wrap on the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, on to Cincinnati. That's the next stop in the AFC North. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. Team Capsules coming at you. Uh, Apple Podcast, Sp- uh, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And Wiz, talk to you on the other side about the Cincinnati Bengals. Got it.